Welcome to Adolescence and Beyond, the space for figuring out parenting styles, relationships with your teenager and young adult, and most of all, understanding you. I'm your host, Gina Dermody, Adolescent Psychotherapist, and we're going to take a deep dive into understanding our best strengths, our scary challenges, and the opportunities we have to figure out Adolescence and Beyond. Hello and welcome to today's episode. I'm talking about all things raising adolescence today. And when I think about this and when I talk to parents, we talk about the values and the ingredients that are important in raising adolescence today. And what often seems to come out is a fear of where they're going to end up and what could happen to them. And this is not new to parents because the generations over, people talk about, I hope they'll be okay. I hope they'll be healthy. I hope they won't get into trouble. But it seems we're at levels at the minute where our fear of what might happen to them is overtaking our faith in ourselves as parents, is overtaking the resilience in our children and adolescents, and it's also overtaking our value system and what it means to be attached and connected to adolescents as they go through this journey that is very much up and down. So it's not new that an adolescent might be avoidant, impulsive, inhibited, not interested. You talk to any parent of any generation and you get some of the eye roll or I remember that stage, you know, and they might say, yeah, 14 was difficult and others might say, yeah, it was the 16 or when they started going out or when they started dating. And every parent seems to have, you know, interesting, some nail biting stories of that stage of development that was difficult. However, in in our current climate, the presentation seems to be this this crippling anxiety, this this crippling stress and what are we going to do? And every time we turn on our radio or social media, we see long waiting lists, we see difficulties, we see challenges with getting services. And parents seem to be saying more and more, you know, please help me to, to parent my adolescent. So let's let's come back to this this whole parenting role. Let's come back to the whole adolescent role. And let's let's think about it from the perspective of what does matter? What are the ingredients that you need to be a parent? What are the ingredients that you need to be an adolescent? And let's think about it that that we're creating a a building here. And as we start to create this building, we, we want to put in this foundation, which goes into to early childhood and its love and connection and good nutrition and adequate sleep times. And you probably remember as parents when you missed the sleep time, when the food wasn't prepared, you know, the stress that would come with that if you had a hungry baby or an overtired baby and you think, right, I won't do that again. But obviously you, you know, have events to go to, you miss nap times, you're in the car or they got a little bit too long in the car and sometimes you just have to to go with it. 
but you knew the importance of getting their routine right and how it helps mood and temperament. And as we start to grow up, these main ingredients don't change. Think of yourself as an adult. When you get to sleep on time, you wake up, you know, you're, you're a happier person. When you have had your adequate dose of nutrients and vitamins and all that goes with it, you're, you're much more in balance. So the, these are the basics we try and do. And parents often say to me, but you know, they're a fussy eater and they, they, they won't eat. And what will I do with that? And I say, yes, this is often a stage of, if you want to call it development or rebellion or, you know, the palate changes and what they might like one day may change. I tend to be quite, I suppose, encouraging or my own children, adolescents might say to me, persistent in what, what I insist needs to be, you know, a staple diet. And if we stick to the basics of, you know, our vegetables, our, our food, fruit and water, then we're ensuring that we're keeping them topped up. And some adolescents are fussy eaters. And some adolescents are prone to anxiety that sees them develop disordered eating, difficult relationships with body image and food. And it takes a lot of resilience on parents' part and a lot of persistence to keep encouraging with the food. It's boring. It's actually very boring to keep saying, okay, I've got this dinner ready or, you know, it's frustrating to turn into MasterChef and be doing three different dinners the persistence, though, of when they were small, getting them to bed on time and doing the nutrients is something you have been doing from the very beginning. And it's reminding yourself, you can do it now. It's not rewards-based for you. It certainly can be frustrating. It certainly involves a lot of dinners and a lot of energy at times. However, the persistence of it ensures that you're continuing to give the same, if not someone boring, boring message that, yeah, Nutrition is really good here. It's important. The same as getting to bed on time, taking the devices off, limiting screen time. And then you also have to do that as a parent because there's no point in me saying to my two teenagers, you know, turn off that screen. If I'm sitting there scrolling and I'm going, yeah, well, I'm an adult, I can do that. It doesn't tend to work that way. We often have to be in line with adolescents. We often have to be modeling something that we believe in and that we can commit to. So then the, 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 the bedtime is more encouraged rather than a row. You set up the no screens in bed. Yes, that might, you know, ensue a bit of a battle sometimes or a challenge, but you expect to be challenged because that is part of the adolescence development. I am going to challenge you, I'm going to try and challenge society, I'm going to try and challenge the education system. They're beginning to come online, you know, from that 14 onwards about what their opinions and their thoughts are of the world. And yes, we can look at parents sometimes and do the eye roll and go, oh my goodness, you have no idea. But nor are they meant to have an idea. It's exploration, it's challenge. And of course, they're going to challenge you more. It's harder to challenge in school because there's a different type of discipline. There's a different type of setup. And some adolescents are compliant and rebel when they come home. Some rebel in school and are quiet and withdrawn when they come home. We really don't know what each stage is going to, to bring. We can't predict. 
but we can respond when each stage presents itself, when it's anxiety one day, when it's stress the other day. And as long as we're expecting this challenge to come, we're more prepared to be receptive to it, to be boundaried in it, to be value-driven in it. And then it's less, it's less provoking. My adolescents often say to me, you know, mom, you, 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 you can't take a joke and you're not funny. And sometimes they're right because what they're saying, I, I, I take it so literally and so seriously that it's hard for me to, to drop the guard and say, okay, this is a joke. This is a stage of development. They're poking me. And, and I get a little bit uptight about it at times. And what they're highlighting to me is, you know, this is what we do. We, we wind you up when we goof around. We're not serious about it, but we find it funny. And I have to remember, you know, to find part of that funny, to find part of that development where they're, you know, teasing each other or tearing strips off each other and either learn to walk away or learn to put in a joke myself, but to to often meet them where they're at and then to know what, you know, triggers me or what can ignite me rather than the serious approach all the time or that's not funny or that's not kind. Adolescents aren't unkind. Sometimes they engage in behaviours that can be seem like self-destructive. It can seem somewhat cruel. Often it's defences, often it's projections, but it's rarely unkind. Now, I've, I've been looking through the news this week and I've been reading about court cases involving very young people and incidents happened when people were 14 and 16 and, and very, very shocking events. And I often wonder, you know, what what's going on there? And a, a mother whose, whose son had been stabbed repeatedly gave a victim impact statement which, which focused on the two, you know, convicted perpetrators of the crime. And what she had was compassion for them and a hope that they would be rehabilitated. And I suppose I was blown away by that, that mother's statement, by what was behind that in her courage, in her resilience. And I wondered to myself, I wonder, I wonder would, would I do that? Would I encompass that, that holding, that forgiveness, that acknowledgement that there, there were human beings involved in this and that these were young human beings? And I guess it struck me as very tender, very motherly towards all children and adolescents. And sometimes we get into judgment and we ask, you know, our teenagers don't hang around with this one, don't do this, don't do that. When really they're bumping off a whole load of people in their, in their life. And they meet, might meet good friends, they might meet good influencers, not so good influencers. But I wonder, like that mother, would we be able to take a step back and, and take a broader perspective and say, OK, what is happening here? There's two very upset teenagers here. Um, my, my son lived and he's OK. He's, he's been harmed by all of this. He's been impacted. But let's spread our concern a bit wider here. And when we're parenting, we often get caught up in the presenting behaviour and it almost becomes shocking to us like we try to fix the behavior 
And often our perspective isn't broadened into what's driving this behavior, developmentally what's happening, developmentally what's getting triggered here. Where, where is the, the, the loss? Where is the challenge? Where is the change? What can I do to help? And sometimes we literally don't ask adolescents that. We give instruction, we try and fix, we say, now what you should do is what we can do here. And someone reminded me recently, stop and ask them, what do they need? And that very simple question opens up a different dialogue. I'm interested in you, what, do you, what would you need here? And while you might get the answer, I don't know, you've actually stopped to ask you as a person, what would you like or what do you need? I'm interested in knowing. So when we look at development, when we look at ourselves, we all like to be asked, how can I help? What do you need? Because we're just being asked about the importance of you as a person. And so I try when I'm in work or I try with my own adolescence to stop and look at not why is this happening, but what is happening here and how can I help? And imagine if you got answers back about what would could be helpful or if you could encourage a different dialogue. Your teenager would say, wow, this is what I need. And so it's a little bit like minding that baby. In the beginning, you're saying, yes, I understand you're tired, sweetheart, and we need to put you to bed. And they might fight with you. And if you miss that bedtime, you do that soothing, you do that minding. And then you translate that a little bit when they're older and you might know that they need to get to bed on time, less time on devices. But you're now more curious and you're now saying, I'm interested and what would you like? And I wonder how I can help. And I wonder what we might do together now to make this a little bit easier. And when we wonder and we're curious, we, we open up a whole space for a little bit more relaxation a whole dialogue that I am interested because teenagers often say, you know, oh, I'm fed up and being told what to do. Oh, my teacher hates me. Oh, I don't like this and I don't like that. And yet often if we leave them, you know, in school to their own devices, they'll, they'll chat away, they'll mess away. And I can understand the containment and the support that is needed in a busy environment such as a school. We know a lot of our systems are flawed and Teachers say they can do with more support, that the curriculum needs to change, and all these changes are slow. So anytime we're acknowledging, yeah, that does sound difficult. Hmm, sounds like a tough day. We're just pausing long enough to, to be interested, to help adolescents to be focused. There isn't a magic formula for raising adolescents. We have lots of guides, we have lots of interested professionals there's lots of tips that I look to you know from from various people and I go oh, I didn't think of that before that actually that that could work for me and I think we could all do with guidance and support and nudging at various stages because we get caught into our own habits we get caught into stresses we get caught into micromanaging behavior and there's a young person in front of us trying to develop, trying to be the best version of themselves, trying to explore, trying to push the boundaries. Nothing new there in adolescent development. The world is dangerous and it's wonderful. 
The word is complicated and it's amazing. There's always a mix in our world today of what is available and what's not available. We've never had more choice in education. We've never had more access to travel. We live in a society in Ireland where there's always been emigration or there's always been that urge to travel and to leave. We're an island nation. However, we, we've never been more giving. We've never had such a diverse population. We would maintain our ability to make contact and good connection with others, to be friendly and to be open. And it's certainly a, a gift we have of Irish people. Sometimes we can be very closed and inhibited and not be so good at, you know, managing or speaking about our feelings. But I, I do believe we're changing. Life could always be easier for teenagers and parents. It could. And that's where the support comes in and the guidance to sometimes just stop and look at yourself as a parent, look at your adolescent, know that you are doing your best, knowing that some days are better than others. But the ingredients that you're adding to your teenager's life are ingredients that come from your heart, that come from your experience. There are no bad ingredients. There are difficult experiences. There are learning. There are no mistakes. It's all learning. But the ingredients you're putting in, the ingredients you're giving, come from love and connection and your values and from wanting your teenager to have resilience and connection in their life. And to me, they are amazing ingredients. So keep adding them in. Until next time. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. As always, if you would like to ask me a question or perhaps leave me a comment, you'll find me over on Instagram under Adolescence or you can send me a quick email. We're always trying to make life a little bit easier and a little bit more fun. So please take care until we meet again next week.